Hello, beautiful soul. Welcome to the James Zander Trip, where we dive into spirituality, psychedelics, personal growth, mindset, love, and how we can connect deeper with our soul and our heart. Joining me today is Cécile Duré. Cécile is an executive coach and leadership mentor. I first met Cécile at a leadership retreat here in Bali, and I was struck by her energy, her enthusiasm, and her passion around what it takes to be a great leader. I was also intrigued by her spiritual journey, her unique perspectives on life, and all the twists and turns that have led her to who she is today. In this podcast, we're going to dive into her leadership principles, the keys to energy and confidence, her spiritual journey, her experiences with the divine, and how she navigates the challenges and transformations of life to unlock the next level of her evolution. So, without further ado, Cécile Duré, welcome to the James Zander trip. Thank you, James. I'm very happy and very pleased to be here. Thank you very much for having me. Super grateful to have you. You are a leadership coach. Yes. What does leadership mean to you? Hmm. Leadership to me means to first be sovereign. So to lead yourself, to be aligned with who you are and to be, if I can maybe take it simple, be your own director, your own boss, not let uh, nor your mind, nor your conditionings, nor uh, external effects to control you and put you in the direction you don't want or uh, put you away to who you really are. Are there some common mistakes that people make when they think of leadership or leading a team, leading themselves? Yes, but there's a stereotype a vision of what a leader is. Most people think that a leader is somebody who's rural, mm. who will say to people, okay, you have to do this, you have to do that, with an incarnation of the authority, mm. and only like direct people. Well, th this is not what a leader truly is. If you think about what are the leaders you look up to. For example, if you think one of my leaders, for example, Martin Luther King, you, you know, if you envision his leadership or Nelson Mandela, do you associate with the description I have done before? Not at all, right? So is looking by people that inspires you? That have a vision? Exactly. To lead is to inspire. Mm, to lead is to inspire. I love that. Yeah. It's not to tell to people what they need to do. It's to inspire them to be the great version and to guide them and help them to be that. That's why we admire people like Steve Jobs, because he inspired entire teams to create products that were not seen before. Absolutely. Yes. How do we become great leaders? Huh. Thank you for asking that. Uh, by being the best for yourself. How can you inspire yourself? How can you be the, the best version of yourself? When you look at your day, your actions or your journey, what inspires you in that? And what can you, I, will, I would say do, but I want to say be 
and body mm. to be more inspired by you and by your journey. Mm. In your life, how have you become a better leader for yourself, for your friends, for your team members? By taking hard decisions for myself. So it's not about being worried about what others need or what will think about you or whatever, but it's about you, about being aligned with who you are, your values, you, your vision. So how did I became, or I'm becoming uh, the leader I want to be is by taking hard decisions. And I've done that so many times. And I think because you're able to do the hard thing, mm -hmm. that inspires others. Mm. And that opens a way of possible. So they, they can look at you and say, oh, wow, she done that. So that's possible to me, for me too. That's something available for me too. I love that. Yes. What's been the most difficult decision you had to make to become who you are today? The first one, I mean, uh, um, so I, I have to get back. Yes, to, back in time. Yeah, traveling in time right now to 2006. And I was in Paris at the time. Uh, I was living in Paris and I was um, deeply, deeply in love with who I thought was the love of my life at the time. And that was a very, a very unhealthy relationship. And I, wa I didn't want to see how sad and un unhappy I was. Well, so sad, that's a setting. And um, because I, I had faith and I had this idea, oh, it will change. <laughs> oh, that will change. Mm. And I, I'm a very positive person and I, I have a, always a strong hope and faith in things. So this at the time was very unbalanced, but that was what it, what it was. And that's uh, actually where my journey started and uh, the decision. So I, st well, this is, um, I had a spiritual connection and opening um wake-up call and that led me to work on myself because I understood at that moment that the only thing I could actually change was myself and so that insight was very mind-blowing and I so I put myself on it and at the end of that work uh, like a year after I faced the biggest and hardest decision of my life, uh, which was my love, my biggest love, and myself. Choosing between them. Exactly. So if I'm here today, it's because I chose myself. And at the time, that was very, very, very hard. And the very the most important decision of my life. So after that, it's like I, I've been born again. I allow myself to be myself again. Mm. Yeah. Before this podcast, I asked you a question, which was, were there any pivotal moments in your life 
that have shaped who you are. And I love how you answered that question. You said, when or every time I chose myself fully. Yes. When or every time I chose myself (laughs) fully. I felt the resonance of that so deep. Mm. And I think every person listening to this feels that. Every time you've chosen yourself, what you need as the next step in your evolution, whether it's to leave a job, leave a safe career, leave a relationship, move countries, whatever that is for you. Or stay. Sometimes you stay. Interesting. So how, so for someone listening who might be in a position where they don't know if they should stay or go, Mm. whatever the situation is, how can they tune into what is right for them? So first, they need to tune into their body to get out of their mind because the mind is tricky and the mind will play the card of um, safe, maintaining them safe, Mm -hmm. like the comfort zone, okay? What is it for them, whatever it is? So when they are in confusion, the confusion is lead to indecisiveness and this is where you lose your power so a way to get your power back you need to be in your body and of course you can uh, improve your sensibility for example if you train your sensitivity to receive the message of your body so you can See, for example, you can feel what kind of food is good for you today. Uh-huh. Yeah, simple. Intuitive eating. Exactly. When you are in a buffet, you know, you have a lot of different plates with food and you can choose everything. And if you tune into your body, you will sense what is feeling right for you today or what is not. Yes. This is like a training you can do. And but <laughs> more deeply, tune into your body. And if and I have something also that helped me to make a decision, if it's not a fully yes, it's a no. Mm. It's not a complete yes. Like if you're not all your body like vibrating, yes. Mm. If the heart, the soul, and the mind are not in agreement. And all saying yes. The mind might be not in agreement and this is not a problem. I mean, this is confusing, but this may be... It's the heart. It's your soul, your heart, yes. Because the mind, it depends what are your patterns. It depends how much you are conscious. Yes. It depends, uh, conscious of your patterns and, you know, conscious of the manipulation that can happen up there. So if you are in tune with the body can't lie the sensations you can receive so if you are in this in indecisiveness to find clarity um tune into your body stay in silence Mm. so when you chose yourself in 2005 yeah paris you left the relationship (laughs) and you left the city as well you went on an adventure i I left my country i left that was a big decision yeah not only well that was that meant to 
end my relationship, but that went also to open a new book for myself. So I, because what happened at the time is that I reconnect with my, what I have the most powerful in me, which was my dream or which were my dreams. And one of them was to live out of France. Um, and so that meant embrace all that change and shift and big. But I, I'm a kind of <laughs> a bit radical sometimes. But, you know, I if I change, it's like I'm all in. I'm embracing it. It's frightening. Yes. But it's, um, yeah, it's it's the beauty of life, I think. And you did it a couple times. You went to India, yes. spent some time there. Then you moved your whole life to Argentina. Exactly. Not knowing a single person there. Nope. What was the inspiration to go to Argentina? And how did Argentina transform you? Um, so I, I don't know why I chose exactly Argentina. I think I, I obviously at that time I didn't have any consciousness of intuition of all that stuff I, I i was like almost a baby in terms of <laughs> <laughs> unconsciousness but i think at that time my soul was so strong that i surrendered to her to her and just let it guide me that that's beautiful when i look back and i connect with this period and was like wow what happened I was amazing that was amazing because actually I surrendered so much to the process that when I decided to move to Argentina the, the process was uh I will move to another country it's going to be hard and I want to if I can make it a bit more easy for me and I think I thought well South America people there's no research on that. No, only, <laughs> <laughs> only feelings. So <laughs> I thought in my head, well, South America, people are, my, uh, are more open and social. I am an open person and I'm social. So I wanted at least, because I had a, the opportunity like two years before, something like that, to, to travel to China. And the culture is so different and people are not that friendly that as I am not touchy not you know there's a distance so I say oh let me make it easier so I chose South America and I was like hmm, South America huh and there's something funny about that because I say oh yeah let's go to it's like closing the eyes and pointing <laughs> you know like sw swiping the globes and like oh Argentina and I had the idea to, um, of, oh, I will get there and buy a blender and I will make the most exquisite tropical uh, fruit juice and all that. Well, that, that didn't happen because that is Brazil. Argentina is the same fruit than France. So, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a level of my knowledge of Argentina. Just I think I follow my, my guidance. I love your process of choosing the country, which was, I want a culture that integrates with my level of socialness. Mm. I like to be very social, very open, touchy. What culture fits that paradigm? And 
I think that's kind of how I chose Bali as well. I, it called to me, but there was also a sense of, okay, what is life like there? What could it look like? I phoned a few friends who were living here at the time and I said, tell me, tell me what it's like. And for example, here where we are in Chenggu, it's very entrepreneurial. But if you go to a bud, you get the spiritual vibes. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, those are two facets of me that I love to explore. That seems like a perfect fit. Get more of the the hustle culture in Chenggu, get more of the spiritual vibes in a bud. And for anyone listening, they they can really choose out of the video game of life. There are so many different territories that you can go to, and some will match more closely to your vibe. And I love that awareness that you had of, okay, France, probably you love it, but it was kind of done for you at that point. Let's go to another part of the video game where I can be more myself, shine more. Or explore more. Or explore, explore more. Explore more this, this side, right? And uh, you ask me what, I, what Argentina teach me or learn. First of all, I think I've learned a lot about friendship. Mm. Argentina people are, wow, they are next level friends. <laughs> they still, it's amazing to see every one of them still have gathering with people from the primary wow. school. Wow. Yes. Wow. That's never the level of friendship they have. So when you, uh, I, I still have amazing, amazing, amazing friends and friendships um, in Argentina. What do you think in their culture makes them such great friends or great lunchroom friends? Mm. Well, they are all about family. So I think they cultivate friendship as a family bond. And uh, and they love this, uh, this kind of Italian vibe. They love the gathering with everyone, the chaos and <laughs> all of that. And um, yes, this is, they are very about bond and link, uh, link, uh, links and yeah. When you think of friendship, who are the people that you look for in your friends, what are the values and characteristics that lights you up? Excellent question. I look for open people in a kind of spiritual evolution, like um, conscious and mindful. Uh, also kind. Like kindness is um, a value which is very important. And um, integrity. Mm. True, uh, people that are true to themselves. So, you know, also the, the, the relationship you will create will be, will be true mm -hmm. and um, transparent and nourishing. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that. Mm. The integrity piece is so important also for oneself. Oh, yes. I think part of my spiritual evolution has been realizing that I must always stay in the truth, even when no one is watching, because you know, 
And that's all that matters. You know if you did the right thing or not. Well, that this is leadership. Ah, okay. So let's circle back to leadership. Mm. Integrity is obviously a key characteristic yeah. of a leader. Absolutely. Are there other qualities that you see that leaders must cultivate to step into their leadership? Responsibility. Responsibility is, so if you cut the word, right? Your ability to respond to any situation. So anything coming to you, you will choose how to respond to it. Not react, but how you will deal with it, right? And when you are acting in responsibility, you are out of the victim mode. Mm -hmm. You're no more a victim because you understand what comes to you, at, um, at least things comes to or for you, not, oh, how you say that in English? <laughs> things happen for you, not to you. Yes, that's it. Thank you. Yes. Exactly. So you, you don't put yourself in the position of victim. Oh, why this is happening to me? You immediately take responsibility. Yeah, so how, what can I do with that? Or how can I make the most out of it? Yes. Yes. And then in terms of navigating difficult scenarios, like let's say someone is running a company or a business, mm. and they have a team to lead. Yes. And they're going through a crisis. What is the best thing a leader can do in a crisis or a catastrophe? Um, so, first, before the crisis happened, uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> I will answer your question, but they, people need to understand. So, it's nice to fix when there's a problem occur, occurring, but it's even more interesting if you prepare the scenery for that. So uh, when I work with team, uh, I make them work and create, because most of the company, not all, but have like a kind of culture. But what they do is they, okay, they put in a wall a list of rules or a list of things, or they have nice words, you know, printing in the wall and all that, and that's it. And they think this is the company culture. But... That doesn't mean anything for people. So it's empty, doesn't work. So what I do, I help the company, the team, and the, everyone together. Of course, it depends on the size of the company, right? But to create a team code of honor or code of culture, whatever name you fits better for you. So you work on your values. What are the values? First, you understand what are your values? People don't know. And what are the values of the company? And then from there, what kind of, uh, what the values that inspire you to reach and create a system, a code of honor that will maintain the team together in any case scenario. So when there's a crisis happen, they know the standards. They know, you know, for example, in the team, if you have never abandoned a teammate in need as a rule, so anything happen, you know you will operate 
from that, wow. right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So this is obviously better if you have that because that helps you to navigate through any crisis because people will stick together for real. Mm-hmm. So now, and that, that's why some companies during pandemic crash and others make millions, right? That's one of the reasons. And um, so if you don't have that and there's a crisis hitting you at this moment, um, as a leader, your job is to serve. And I will, um, oh, perfect example. Can I share? Of yeah? course. So uh, is um, the, um, he was the founder and CEO of Patagonia, which is a remarkable brand, a close brand. Yeah, outdoor. Outdoors. Yeah, absolutely. And it wa- that happened like two years after he endorsed the CEO, CEO role and a big crisis hit the company. Oh, I mean, hit the company and the world. Like, I don't remember what kind of crisis was, but big crisis. And the board, uh, re, um, there was a meeting with the board and the board said, what happened usually with crisis? What they, what they say, you need to reduce costs. And what is the solution? Easy solution to reduce costs? Layoffs. Exactly. So you need to cut people, right? So this day, he went back to his home and was so worried and he was like in, in perturbation mode. And so his wife said, what happened? So he told her what happened. And because really he didn't want to cut people off. And, and she said, this is where feminine energy is, mm-hmm. <laughs> is popping and that's why it's so important. So she asked him a question. So this decision to cut people off, to fire people, is that made from fear or from love? Mm. (laughs) And he looked at her and said, well, fear. So she told him, if you could make a decision from love, what would you choose? And he said, well... I wouldn't, I wouldn't cut anyone and fire anyone and I will find another solution. And this is what happened. The next day, he came back to the company and he made an announcement. And so he opened himself. It was vulnerable. There's so much power in that. He opened, share with his team. And what happened? It didn't fire no one and the team what happened with the team when you tell the story everyone stick together double triple the efforts and the company overcome the crisis beautifully beautifully so this is possible so my advice through this example which inspires me very very much is that first there's always another solution. If your intention is from love, the root of it is love and not fear. And as a leader, how can you bring people together, create cohesion, and together, there's so much force in it, you can find another solution, a better solution. Yeah. 
Yeah. I love how you highlighted the togetherness is the key. I mean, that is literally what a company is, a company of people. And when you do things like layoffs from a place of fear, it reduces morale in the company because then people are like, well, if that's what happened to my coworker, As I why am I going to double my effort? As I operate in fears right now, in yes. fear right now, because, yes. you know, it's made of fear. The fear is very contagious. So they all in fear, like, oh, would I lose my job? And that's the, the, if you see the company as a um, cup, for example, the cup start to crackle, mm, you know. Mm-hmm. Good and, metaphor. And uh, every, the liquid, like the, what is the, really the company will, will spread, yeah. It reminds me of during the last year or so, we've had a lot of layoffs from different tech companies. Facebook fired, I think, thousands of people. Google fired. These are billion-dollar companies mm. that can surely afford to pay the salaries. But they choose decisions, probably to save costs, out of fear. And one company did not do any layoffs, and that was Apple. Partly because they're very careful with hiring. They tend not to overhire and then let go people. They, they hire strategically. But also, they must have realized this is not what Apple stands for. This is not how we do things. We so, are a team. Yeah. And while we might save costs if we lay off some people, it's going to create the cracks in the glass that you may not see now, but which will become more and more visible as time goes on. Exactly. And that what that revealed, they might have a very strong code of honor and strong values, and they stick to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you also mentioned vulnerability. Mm. I think one of the myths of a leader is that you must never show your weakness. You must always be strong. And I think there's some truth in that. Mm-hmm. For sure, when the whole company is looking up at a leader, they want to follow someone who is strong. But what is the subtlety there about vulnerability and how that integrates into leadership? I don't see strong and vulnerable as at- antagonists. Ah, okay, okay. <laughs> this is interesting. Yeah. Let's dive into this. Because... If you taking back this example, if you see someone showing up and being vulnerable is not weak, it's at the contrary, you need a lot of courage to be vulnerable. Yeah, that means you open your armor, your yeah, your armor, and you just you show what's inside of you, you, you show a point that. You can be hurt, you know. Vulnerable is like when you open yourself, you have no armor, no defense, and so people can hurt you, right? But there's so much strength in that. Mm. You have to be freaking courageous, brave, right? And people sense that. Absolutely. Get inspired by that. Mm. But then in terms of, let's say, you're the CEO of a company. Yes. There's some crisis going on. Mm. You want to remain strong in that situation. Absolutely. But you want to, what you want to do is you want to stand for. You want to stand for your people, stand for your values, stand for your mission, yes. your vision. And that real, what maybe you associate with strong is like to be in your power. Yeah. So being your power, you completely aligned, you fierce, you're just very, maybe you have clear vision and you 
go for that. You let anything in the way, right? This is strong. That doesn't mean you can be also vulnerable, also uh, in compassion, empathic, you know? When you integrate within yourself all the signs of the leadership, the masculine energy, the feminine energy, so you become next level leader, which is wall. You transcend the duality to operate from this wallness, right? So there's no separation. You can be both. Mm -hmm. You can be a very strong leader and very gentle and very empathetic and very intuitive. Is there an example of a leader that comes to your mind that you, that inspires you? Oh, well, um, there's many leaders that inspires me. Uh, and I want to, to name female leaders too, like uh, Oprah Winfrey. Oh, yes. Is an amazing leader. Yeah. Uh, I want, yes, I want to name, um, well, I, I name male leaders like uh, Martin Luther King and Nelson Mandela are forever mine <laughs> inspirations. But if you see also Mother Teresa, she is an amazing leader. Mm. She was, right? What are the characteristics that uh, in common to these people? So I have a vision, a clear mission, and I don't wave upon pressure. If you see Nelson Mandela, he spent 20 years in prison. He didn't become violent. He didn't, you know, he didn't, he stayed true to himself. What most inspiring that, that, you know? When you stay true to your own credo. Yeah. And your mission. In terms of Oprah, do you see any other qualities in her leadership that are inspiring that we should learn from? Yes, uh, she is all about others, right? About people. She's very caring. She's very empathetic. She brings people together. She, so she was able to create an amazing career for herself. She, opens, uh, she opened a path that didn't even exist before. And she brought people with her. It's not an alone ascension. Yes. Yeah. You bring your people with you. This is um this is what a leader does, right? And you you just bring people with you. Yeah, I, I have an analogy that comes to my mind. Most of the people are are like like crops, crops mm -hmm. in bucket. Dragging each other down. Exactly. Why, why crabs never... So you put a bunch of crabs in a bucket and none of them will escape, will manage to escape. It's not because they can't. They can. But every time that the crab, crab reaching the top, there's another pushing back, right? So a leader is a contrary. It's, it's not a crab. <laughs> it's just... When you reach the top or in the ascension, you bring people with you. It's never a lone wolf thing. It can't be. Mm -hmm. It can't be. You cannot uh, ever do something great alone. I believe that. 
So someone listening to this who might not be running a company or a business, mm. but yet they are also a leader of their community, of their tribe, of their circle, no matter how big or small it is. Exactly. We are all lead, potential leaders. I, I mean, the first person you need to lead is yourself. So doing that, you're a leader. And then after you've led yourself to inspire others around you? That comes naturally. Mm. It's not something, oh, you put that goal and say, oh, I will inspire people. <laughs> that won't work. <laughs> that won't work. It's just uh, you doing you. You doing you. I love and, that. You know, I learned this lesson. I was in uh, Sao Paulo, Brazil. I was um, crewing at events, uh, self-development events, big one, like 2,000 people, 1.5 thousand people and all that. And I was volunteering, crewing, organizing the staff and whatever. And so they gave us every time, you know, a kind of uh, breakfast, very industrial juice, industrial bread, industrial whatever. And so this is not me. I have, um, <laughs> this is, <laughs> I don't know why you. This is below yeah. my standards. <laughs> Absolutely. So, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I always brought with me my breakfast, which is like a smoothie, healthy or um, fruit salad with a lot of nuts, whatever. So I always brought with me my breakfast. By doing that, I was only doing me, you know, like, this is not good for me. I don't want that, even if it's free. Thank you very much. But <laughs> I want I won't do that for to myself. And I was taking care of myself. And a few months after, because I was creating a lot of events and most we, we remained the main team, the most of the same people. And after a few months, I start to see, observe some people started because some people ask me oh what is that it's curious as i was like the black sheep you know the only one <laughs> and start to ask me questions and few months people started to bring their own breakfast too right healthier right so i didn't wh why i'm telling that this is a very simple thing right by doing my by staying true to myself i didn't meant to inspire anyone I was inspired myself, you know, and by doing that, ripple effect. Mm -hmm. People see you upgrading your standards. They say, oh, I should upgrade my standards. Well, I, I can do that good for myself, too. I can. Yeah, I can have that impact for myself, too. I can. Oh, yes, that's true. I can be healthier. And so, wow, is that happened naturally. You you don't. You never entitle yourself leader. People recognize your leadership. Yes. It's not you oh, putting a label. Oh, now I am the leader. No, you can be the boss, but <laughs> a leader, I'm sorry, you will be recognized as one. That's such a great distinction. You can be the boss, but a leader, that's something that others recognize you for, not yes. a self professed title you, yeah absolutely you cannot say to people well see me as a leader mm, no i need to be inspired i i need to look up to you 
And for them to see you as a leader, you have to start with yourself, your own values, your own integrity, your own compass, your vision. How can someone step into that, become a better leader of themselves? Well, spend time with yourself. Learn to know you. Mm. So when I say spend, spend time with yourself, is like with no distractions, no phone, no Netflix series. You can have that in another moment. But if you decide to spend time with yourself, just go in nature without your cell phone. Just you. <laughs> uh, spend time. I, I remember when I was a kid, there was a time with no cell phone and not that technology. And uh, I remember to be bored. And I remember to lie down in the garden and look at the clouds and imagine shapes from the clouds and all that. So do that. You know, spend time with yourself and learn about what's important to you. What are your values? I always work on that with my clients when they first come, come to me. Because to for anything, you need to understand who you are and to get in touch with your truth. So what, what is important to you? And by knowing that and by receiving that, acknowledging that, you can choose differently. So we are species of habit, right? We get up in the morning. I hope you wash your teeth and take a shower. <laughs> well, we have a, um, a routine, right? And uh, this successions of unconscious or, <laughs> or not habit define your reality today. So if by knowing who you are, learning about who you are, you understand that maybe some habits I have, some actions or some choice I make are not in alignment with that, you can now with this awareness choose differently. If you say, for example, oh, one of my value is health, but I'm eating a lot of things that are not good for my body. Wow. What can I do differently today? You know, for example. So it's the awareness. Yeah. Being aware of your ideal values and how your reality matches up to that, your daily actions. Mm. I like how James Clear talks about habits. I think he said something like, every habit is a vote for the kind of person you think you are. So when you go to the gym, it's another little vote, another little check mark of I am the type of person who wakes up early and goes to the gym. And so when you can stack up these votes, then you start leading yourself. You start gaining momentum. Yes, yes. And that's why I wrote the book I wrote in which I shared the 31 habits I adopt, adopted, really. I make my own. I, I blend my identity <laughs> with them and I changed my life. Because I was a completely different person before. And for example, I was the embodiment of a French person. Well, I'm French now, by now, if you don't know. And uh, <laughs> I was complaining a lot. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> a lot. And um, I realized that in Argentina, wow, I was complaining a lot. And a very good friend of mine, she still is, and she's very direct. And a few times she said, Cecile, you just stop. You just, nothing is good. You're just complaining about everything. And I look at myself, I was, wow, I don't want to be with this person, like myself. <laughs> and... Uh, this is not nice, you know, to be with a person always complaining, always finding the thing this is not working. So this is very French. I'm sorry for my... <laughs> you said it. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. I completely assume that. Yeah, but this is something French people need to evolve to. It's a part of the culture in a way. Yeah, we have very high standards. Uh -huh. And the school, the education system, there's no... Uh, for example, we have no graduation party. Now the president wants to install that, which is, I think, very good. This is a very uh, English or American stuff, but we don't celebrate, mm. you, you know. So very high uh, standard, very high pattern, but never acknowledge. So that's why we are very hard on ourselves. Oh, I see. Yes. And that's why it's very easy to enter in a room or something and you always will pick the only thing that <laughs> the small stuff the small stain in a wall whatever you say oh it's not <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't mean yeah i know the co root cause but it's not a reason right yeah. to still operate this way so uh, when I wake up from that nightmare, <laughs> I was <laughs> for myself. I just choose differently. Yes. Yeah. I love that. I love that because it's, you can enter a room and see everything that's going beautifully. It's a choice, actually. It's a choice. Exactly. It's in your power. What you focus on will expand. And it's a habit, too. I think at first, you have to keep making the choice yes. to hold your tongue and look for the positive. Eventually, it becomes more easy to mention the positive and out of character to mention the, the negative. Yes. My switch was, I was in Argentina. I received a very new friend from Brazil. And we had this amazing, I brought her with a, in a very beautiful party, Brazilian party. And what in a party, the only thing I could focus on, of course, I was very worried. I wanted her to have a lot of fun, right? <laughs> so I was like, oh, oh, the sound is not good. Oh, that is not good. So I spent all the night like, oh, that is not good. That is not good. But I've seen her, I, I, her, she was having fun. She was having fun. I was like, well, she is having fun, so I will have fun too. And on the way back, at the time, we could walk back at night. I love that. Walk in the cities at night. Yeah. So we walked back and, and she said, oh, the song wasn't that good, right? And I was like, damn. See, she saw that too. But instead of staying in the negative like I was, she just enjoyed with what she had at the moment. And that's so... A very Brazilian thing that inspires me. You know, I learn a lot from Brazilian people too. The ability 
to take the best out of the situation, even if you broke, even if the sun isn't good, even if the people, whatever, the food or whatever. But in the present moment, you're here and you're going to make the most out of it. So that was the shifting point for me. And from that moment, I just retrained myself to not complain and to not focus on the bad, but just nourish me with all the good that the situation can bring me. You remind me of Abraham Hicks. They always talk about make the best of it. Make the best of it and make lists of positive aspects. Open your journal and make a list of all the things you love in your life and challenge yourself to keep going. And there is actually not an end to it. Oh, yeah. There's always so much to appreciate if we just look for it. Oh, yeah. And there's so much in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you start to amplify your vision, you open your heart to what is good. Yeah, it's like I said, um, it is not my quote, but what uh, you focus on expand. So if you start to focus on the good, the beauty, that will expand for you. And you will live in that frequency. You will rise your frequency and that will become your reality. Yes. What was the frequency for you when you came to Bali? And how has that affected your vibe? So the frequency I was before arriving. When you arrived? Huh? Um, love. Love. Yeah. A Bali for me was such a wonderful love vibration. And the first time I went to Ubud, I, I remember that moment very brightly. I was in a, in a Gojek <laughs> and, um, and I could felt the more I getting closer and closer, the more my heart was opening and opening. I was receiving all the love. Like I, th- I, I think Ubud has more, the frequency is even more intense, but Bali is pure love. If you can connect to it, it's so amazing. And that helped me to reach my next level of self-love. Ah, wow. I couldn't even know that was possible. Can you talk more about how that has looked for you? How the self-love journey has looked for you? Oh, wow. The self-love journey? <laughs> start with... <laughs> Big question. Yeah, yeah. Start, But it's interesting. This is... Um, so you will see that possible. Uh, I come from... I was such a different person. I come from no self-esteem, no self-confidence. I was very, not very shy because I am a very energetic person and I love to laugh and friends, but also I'm very insecure. I was very insecure and I was very uh, in the need of approval every time. So obsessed by what people would think of me, right? So um, I was full of insecurities to take a decision at that time, back in the days. I will need to ask my mom, my sister, my boyfriend to be able to take a decision. 
a small decision, not even so. That's so outsourcing your leadership to them. Exactly, I was not in my power, and as you said, outsourcing my power. Yeah, and so that's why the biggest decision of my life. That was big stuff because I've done it by myself. I never ask any. That was an inner process. Choosing yourself. Yeah, and that that's yeah that was very with myself, and so that was like for me. This is like huge, <laughs> huge, and uh, so that was really the start of wow. Okay, I will choose myself, but that doesn't mean that happened. Like <laughs> that, the process was only started, right? So self love. So I. I put myself in a, so many situations where I arm myself, I hurt myself, like, you know, going out with the right, wrong people, uh, love the wrong people, you know, uh, outsourcing the love. Uh, trying to find the love in others, find the acceptance in others. And that only can lead to something that will hurt you, right? So it's a journey. For me, it was a big journey to, to build uh, the acceptance, maybe first uh, accept my journey, accept who I am, the way I am, imperfect. I'm a perfect, kind of perfectionist, and I have high standards, and I have high vision. Like, yes, very, my my vision is big and illimited. And uh, so, how can I find that in myself? Right. So first is accept I'm not perfect yet and this is I mean never will be perfect but I'm not that big person I want to be yet I will I will awake it because I, I believe I do believe we are well we are huge we are we have an unlimited potential we we are wonderful right but sometimes or most of the time we not um this is dormant or we're not letting ourselves to be that big right yeah and so we're playing small yes and because of all a lot of things right because of fears because of nobody told us we can be big that big <laughs> um or we can be ourselves which is big was there a turning point in your life after that first decision to leave Paris where you felt the most connected to your self-love? And you said, okay, I understand a deeper level here now of what it means to love myself. Well, I think in Bali. Bali. So it's uh -huh. A lot of years after, but a lot of years of building and construction and making mistakes and, okay, keeping with faith, right? And this level I reach in Bali, like, because I have no problem to be on my own. Uh, I love my company. 
So this is a step, right? <laughs> but I always had this kind of, oh, I want, I, I really want to have a partner in my life, which I don't right now, right? And I always was like, oh, but I would love to have a partner. And I was a bit in that luck. Even if I know, oh, yeah, you don't, but, you know, cognitively, you can know things, but your body and your emotions is a different <laughs> deal. So I was in that longing to, oh, yes, it is nice something. Sometimes when you are a woman and you are super independent and you are leading with all of your life, your business, and you are thriving and you are doing everything, what do you want at the end of the day? You want a hug. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You want to be able just to relax, release and relax and let go of that shit in a safe space. Yes. You know? So that's why... You want someone to hold that structure exactly. for you. Exactly, yes. Yep. But in the meantime, if that person is not there, you have to be that person too. Yes. <laughs> and you don't want it. <laughs> you resist it to it. Because, yeah, you, fuck, I do all the work. <laughs> all everything, you know, just I clean, I thrive, I just sell, I sell, I do everything. I take care of me, but wow, that part, you know, fuck, it's hard. Sorry, it's it's hard. And so I never before, I never um overcome this level, you know, of the game. You say, I but here in Bali, that happened in the first weeks I, I was here. Mm. Nothing changed. Like I was single still you know not nothing happened external but internal mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. i still keep on with my inner work and of course the vibration here helped a lot and i was very open i came prepared i came open and i came with that in mind too you know and as a coronation of this work i just reached the next level of the game like wow I don't need this hug anymore mm, I don't mm. need I mean I want it but you don't need it I don't need it that's powerful and that's the best place to be in with oh, yeah. any desire I'd like it I would prefer it but I'm also yeah. completely okay here and now it's not also it's I am uh -huh. it's not and also it's just I am perfectly whole whole yeah, yeah. Whole with who I am right now mm -hmm. I am I feel good I feel complete I feel loved mm. and if anything more happen I will be so happy and <laughs> I will welcome yes. that yes yes and yes and yes because that I believe that is the foundation of anything next level love. So now I know that that exists within me that never will be taken out of me. 
or maybe I can lose it. I don't know, but I can recover it. Yeah, you've yeah. experienced it now, so you have that reference point. Oh, yes. And I know it's there, mm-hmm. and it's mine, and I nourish that. And I think that strength is the perfect foundation for you to welcome someone in your journey. Because you're already complete Yeah. in yourself. Yeah, I don't believe that half uh, or range or whatever. You just need to be, you, by you being complete, you connect with another complete partner. Mm-hmm. And that journey is like... Creates the magic. Yes, uh-huh. because you're not here to, to complete you, here to help the other expand, which is hard uh, work. Ah, okay, this is so good that you mentioned that. Uh. You're not meeting someone to complete yourself or complete them you're there to expand each other i mean some people want relationships but actually what they want is companion like have someone to share activities yeah to do something together and that what i believe is a true relationship is somebody that will come in a spiritual level help you go to your next level together. Mm. That means that will trigger you. <laughs> that <laughs> will be <laughs> the work not even start yet. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations, you found your partner. Let the work begin. <laughs> yeah. Now now the game can really start. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that you this is a next level evolution. And this makes me think that when you're in a relationship that's not working, it must be in some sense because you're not feeling the expansion anymore or they're not feeling it or both of you are not expanding each other. Well, it depends in the, what is your your mindset or, or you, the way you envision your relationship. But Because now everything, uh, you can throw it away, right? Um, is one use you one use only? Or you say what is a word for something you single use? Single use. Single use. Thank you. So everyone, um, not everyone, a lot of people are just oh, it's starting to be hard. Oh, single use. I will throw it. I don't want that hard part. Well, if you want a relationship, this is what is going to be. This doesn't mean because it's hard that is not working. I think this is, oh, this is working so well. I need to up-level myself to to reach this person there. I will, well, up-level my communication for sure. Uh, to Because when you work with yourself, it's one. And now you start interacting with somebody in a very intimate level. So it's much more to lead <laughs> with, right? And so you, this person will come for you to trigger the point you can overcome, the point of expansion of your next next level and vice versa. That's why it can be hard. Yeah. I want to talk to you about confidence. Yes. Is confidence something we get or something we build? 
<laughs> Thank you. It's something we build. And why? Because I had no confidence in me at the time. I mean, yeah, it's something I built for myself. And that was very nice. Uh, we had a talk last, last day and um, a few days ago and you told me, yeah, you're a very confident woman. And uh, I was like, oh, it's so nice. You see that because sometimes I don't see myself like this because it's a constant work mm. on myself. And uh, for us women in particular, I think confidence is a big deal. And we need to, to work on that deeply. And there's so many things that can um, put it down. It's so easy to, to lose it. So any situation, a word of someone or whatever. And the society is built in a, in a way that, that uh, activate, that triggers our insecurities all the time. Like social medias, you compare yourself every time, right? Mm -hmm. That is not good for your self-confidence, <laughs> right? 100%. And it's everyone is just posting the best, most edited bits of their life. You're not seeing any reality there, not really. Because the wholeness, a tiny piece of it. A a yeah, a piece, piece of it. it. Yeah. Yeah, a piece of it. But uh, yeah, it's it's unreal. You And um, yeah, I, I found it very sad. Everyone using filters. That's a distortion of reality. Mm -hmm. And that can create also a big um, distortion with your self-love. Uh, um, how you say when you put it far a separation mm -hmm. very very getting bigger and bigger because you won't accept yourself without a filter or you won't accept yourself you won't love yourself without a filter yeah this is this kind of things i i think making make making it harder to love you yourself so you said in the beginning you had a lot of insecurities were not confident, how did you build up your confidence and how can the listener learn from your experience to build their confidence? Oh, oh I never thought about that. It's a good question. So I think how I build my confidence is believing in myself and maybe in my abilities. So um, challenging myself, uh, I'm a good example of challenge, <laughs> challenging myself. So if you start believing that anything that comes to you, comes to you because you're ready for it, so you can handle it. Ah, yes, I love that. If it's in your life, you're ready for it. Exactly. Anything that will come to you, and if it's in your life, like you said, is if it's present to you, to yourself, you're ready to overcome that or to integrate that or to, to do it. And it, it's true. When someone loses confidence in themselves because of a failure or a mm. crisis of some kind, mm. what is the best way of building it back up? remind you of 
your journey. Remind yourself of you what you've accomplished. Like, I have a tendency to forget the amazing things I've done. And sometimes it takes other people to remind you that. Like, I have the um, tendency of undermining myself and diminishing myself. And when I see in other people, like, the excitement, the admiration or whatever, I'm like, oh, that reminds myself that, oh, okay. That, <laughs> okay, and so start to collect good comments, for example. Maybe, so maybe you don't have feedback from your clients, but if you have, collect them. But can be friends. You can receive a beautiful voice note from a friend of you and collect that. Collect moments you received uh, words of appreciation, right? And put that in a very special place. It can be in your wall, can be in a place on your phone and just go back to that. The energy in that will infuse in you. Sometimes we need that from the outside. So every time I see a vi videos of me like giving these amazing workshops and all that and people in, in and other, other kind of vibration, everyone is vibrating and I'm like, wow, I've done that. You know, so every time I, I'm down because that happened, this is absolutely normal or I doubt or Keeping a list of wins, keeping a list of yeah. things you've accomplished really helps. And then, like you said, the words of affirmation, words of appreciation. Yes, yes. And you can have it like, you know, when you were small, maybe you have a box and you put all your treasures yeah. in it. Yeah. You can... We need a box of appreciation. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, the magic box that when you need an extra those of confidence of energy of of trust and faith yes you open that magic box and you just let infuse to you yes in you yeah i love that hmm. i want to ask you about being on stage oh the first time you were on stage you're in front of 840 people exactly and you have a revelation a revelation of I love it, and they love it too. It's a match. Yeah. Talk to me about that moment of getting up on stage, doing your first speech or presentation, and yes. feeling that connection. Um, so I still can remember this exact moment. And of course, there's a butterfly in the belly and all the adrenaline and the fears and all that, that mix of uh, emotions. Cocktail. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Explosive. And that just vanish in the moment you're there at service. Because you have to understand that when you are, well, I envision myself as a trainer. It's not, I'm not there to show how, how smart I am. It's not that. It's just, I'm there to help people to and tap into their greatness, you know, or potential. So when you are, when your focus is them, 
not you, everything becomes easier. So I just focus on that. So I'm there for them to give them that energy. And so that was the energy I, I, I connect with. What a great reminder, you know, to you're there to serve others, whether it's on the stage, in a business, in a meeting. In your it's house. not about you. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And so that helps to control the, all the cocktail, explosive cocktail, <laughs> because you're no, not anymore looking at yourself and <laughs> and uh, you never just, you're just, okay, I'm I'm there to... To serve. To serve. Uh, to do a me. I have a mission. Mm -hmm. And then, so I've done that my first time. And um, I received an instant um, feedback from my mentor on stage in front of people. <laughs> and everything makes made sense at the time. But it's, it, at, the, at the time, I was a um, literature and French teacher, right? And he could read through me and said, well, Cecile, you're not a French teacher or whatever. You, you do much more than that. You, with all respect with, you know, French teacher, but you, you inspire people to do exceptional things. You inspire people to believe in themselves. You awake their self-confidence so they can reach that potential. And at it, the exact moment that I, it's like inside, and I had the, you know, the movie of your, of your life, I was not dying, <laughs> but I had the very quick movie of all the moments in my life I've done that without consciousness, like automatic. I was like, wow. How like life a, has been preparing you for that. Or give gave me opportunities to be my to be in my greatness. Yes, yes. You know, to or to express my talent mm -hmm. naturally. So express her gifts. Yeah, perfect. Exactly. Thank you. So naturally, you can do that. Whatever vehicles is it can be stage, but I, I was teaching French, but I was not teaching French. I was teaching people to believe enough in themselves that they can do whatever they want to. They can create the reality they want. I think this is such a powerful moment because I feel everyone has very unique gifts that are, they're dying to come out. You know, they want to be on that stage, whether it's a literal stage or metaphorical stage, whatever the gift is. And there's always an inkling, I think, in every person they know before they do it that it's right, it's a match. But there's the fear and the hesitation and the doubts. And it's that crucial point before you do something and right after you do it. And you realize, I can do this. I am meant for this. This is my my gift or my dharma or the the vehicle for me to express myself. And I wonder how can someone who maybe is listening to this and says, I don't know what my gifts are. I don't know what my stage is in life. Mm. How can they start to connect with that part of themselves or look for the clues in their life of where the gifts are? 
Oh, yes. Sometimes we don't have the awareness uh, or the distance, sufficient distance to look at their life. But I'm sure this person are already expressing one way or, or the other exactly. their gifts. Exactly. But they don't see them. So the best way may be to ask your friends, what do you think I do well? What do you think... Uh, what do you recognize? What do you recognize in me that inspires you, or that uh, you see I do with such ease? And yes. you you will be surprised by the answers. Mm, I love that. What comes easy to me? Yeah, and you can ask yourself too. I mean, and that can be um, something you enjoy doing like as a hobby, and it's okay. You don't need to put a lot of pressure on you to understand what are my gifts or what is my purpose or don't put pressure on you. Just give yourself time and space to be in presence with yourself, to know yourself, to love yourself. And in that space, well, magic will happen and naturally, that will give you, that we open opportunities for you to express you more. Mm -hmm. Because when you understand who you are, or when you're in touch with yourself, you're most willing to experience different things. You're more open. Mm. And so in that openness, that's ways you can express more of you and you can be more at service. Yes. I also think to uh, listen to the invitations from the universe, really stay aware of any little clues or signs or someone telling you, hey, you might be good at this thing. And instead of dismissing it or saying, ah, I, I can't do that, pay attention. That's a clue. That's reality channeling through a person to give you a message of some sort. The other thing you mentioned about the stage that I thought was so interesting, which is that the scariest moment or the, the most frightening stage is one person. <laughs> it's not about 840 people. It's actually speaking to one person or having the fear of no one showing up. Yeah. I'd love it if you can touch on that in case someone wants to put themselves out there, mm. but their fear is ah, no one will show up for me. Well, if your fear is no one will show up, that will happen. So be <laughs> prepared. Yeah. Well, when you start as a public speaker or trainer, so you, what you want is to share with people and to be out and go. And uh, in my case, for example, I worked with my mentors and then feel uh, uh, venues with 2,000 people and more. You know, it's just huge. Okay? So how do you come from that to you starting and just, oh, wh what will be my stage? My stage, obviously, I would love to have 1,000 people, right? And I know I can handle that. I already done that. And this is like easy for me because this is my talent, my gift. But, um, well, you have to start somewhere. And everyone start with small. 
yes and uh, so and the most difficult thing to do is as my mentor said to put butts in seats it's so difficult to bring people to you like physically to make people show up yeah so hard bali is another reality which is not the reflection of what is outside right <laughs> this is not i i've last year one of the first event i've seen or whatever uh this girl was speaking for the first time in a venue here they do weekly events so people are used to go there and and she was like saying i was struck like she was saying that wow um it's not a lot of people and uh, for a first time and said no a lot not a lot of people is one people or mm-hmm. nobody mm-hmm. it's just like yeah anything three. more than one is excellent for a no, first time one i mean that's the perfect experience you need also to forge yourself i think so because what would you do if only one person shows up you serve that one person as best you can or you go to have a drink i yes. don't know what yes. would you do yeah you you have the you choice. show up for them they showed up for you exactly you have to show up for them exactly it's not about the numbers it's about because also what i like to remind myself is everyone is perceiving you one to one even a thousand people you're having a one to one relationship with each person perfect so it actually shouldn't matter if it's a thousand people or one because you're speaking to individuals not to a group well, as how they perceive it as a, yeah that perception is is right of course of course and but yeah th- but that's a beautiful challenge uh because of course in your mind i mean in my mind the room is always full <laughs> but it's not the case you know yet and so you just have to again put the focus on them let your ego just calm down just say <laughs> and don't take it personally is something you build again you just step step by step the number is not important but is is who you serve so if that and also i truly believe that the person that are in presence with you are the right person this is what needed to be there because sometimes oh you want a lot of people but there's a lot of people not aligned yes and that will hijack your room or they will you know so be careful what you ask for you might want a lot of people but what you're actually wanting is aligned people yes in all aspects of your life yes. you want aligned friends you want aligned partner you want yes aligned audience it doesn't matter if you have millions of followers in whatever instagram if it's not a qualified audience mm-hmm. i mean i prefer have to have 20 qualified people yeah than a million unqualified I think it was Kevin Kelly that wrote a famous article online called A Thousand True Fans and the idea is you just need a thousand people that are your true true customers yes. they they want to learn from you they like what you make they appreciate what you make they'll buy any album or 
book or thing that you make, everyone else can be, you know, a casual fan, can just check in, check out. But you just need a thousand people. And when you think of that, it becomes doable. You understand, okay, if I keep going down this journey and I'm not seeking the million casual people, I'm seeking the thousand people that I can really serve. That's where it clicked for me. Mm, That's interesting. And maybe you can even break it down more. Mm -hmm. Like, what is the next person I can serve? Yes. Who is the next person I can serve? That's as simple as it gets. Exactly. I love it. Mm. What is the deepest spiritual lesson you learned in 2023 that will serve you in 2024? Well, it's trust. <laughs> I've learned to to trust and to um, surrender to that trust. So you cannot really trust the divine if you don't surrender to it. They have to go hand in hand. Yes, I mean because for, I um I face a situation where cognitively I and un- I was clear on everything what what was happening and the outcome and I was super clear, but my body and my heart emotions weren't there they were in another space Mm. and I was um, resisting to that my body and my heart needed and so I learned to surrender in the deep level and trust the process but in a deepest level that I had to face before so trust trusting the the divine trusting also you inner wisdom that you don't have control on it (laughs) and relax into it Mm. even if everything else your mental is resisting so that's that's the hardest lesson of last year. It took me a while to overcome, to navigate through that. Really, I navigating the resistance. To, I also the, I don't understand. It's clear, <laughs> but I don't know why I cannot overcome that now. And I wasn't integrating my heart. I wasn't integrating what I felt in my body, what I was feeling in my body. And um, and surrender to the time. That is, the divine time is not your time. My time is fast. I want everything for yesterday time. <laughs> and it's not like this. So you logically knew something was clear for you, a situation? Yeah. Yes. And then you had to navigate and surrender to how your body and soul were feeling about it. Yes, mm. is uh, exactly. Uh, so to make it maybe more 
real I was. So I fell in love. And uh, I knew that had a end, that had an end. And I was clear with that. You knew it had to end. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I was okay with the whole journey. Yes. I chose, I, you know, we fell in love, but it was, uh, it just, uh, it was traveling. It spent a time here. And, and I knew also deeply that, well, it's not uh, the one. But it's not because I knew that in my head. <laughs> wow, my heart and my body was completely different story. And I, I, I didn't want to see that. I didn't want to see that because I said, yeah, I will suffer three days. And, <laughs> and okay, I will move on. No. No. <laughs> I get sick. I, I, I had to process a lot of things because it was the perfect trigger. It helped me so much to evolve in a lot of things. It's, it's amazing in a lot of ways. And I'm very grateful for that journey, but that was hard work. Yes. And I signed for it. You know, I agreed to it, but that was so hard. I couldn't expect that. And that helped me to transcend a lot of things, but... <laughs> and if I had to guess, the work mm. was all about you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not really anything anymore to do with that person. No, no. I, I they were the perfect I, trigger. It, yes, absolutely. Uh, and all the relation we have, I was very conscious of everything that are happening. All the triggers, it pop up beautiful. And I choose to go there and say, yeah, perfect. So it, it, even... As I said before, like a partner come come to you to to help you evolve if you're willing to receive that. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful. So I just in the time we when we stay together, I it helped me to evolve so much. Like wow, much. up level, absolutely. And I was so proud of myself because. Wow, that was a confirmation of also of all the work I've done. It was the embodiment of like the universe sending me, you see, how much you up leveled. Like uh, because relationship before him, for example, was still another another down level. <laughs> so I was like, wow, I up leveled so much. But it helped me to up level a lot. But it helped me because I was open to receive that mm -hmm. and willing to go there in the darkness. And then <laughs> I went and off, hopefully uh, oh, I could, I could, um, yes, um, grow a lot with that journey. You mentioned earlier having absolute faith in yes. the divine yes did you have faith in the darkest moments of that journey or oh, sometimes i can doubt mm -hmm. uh there's always a little sparkle mm -hmm. which is part of me even in the darkest moment yes even the moment i could look on the window when living in the 13th floor like mm, that could end you know can no even in the darkest moment, I have that sparkle. 
I loved the life, this experience we call life so much uh, that I am willing to stay and to face whatever, you know. But yeah, I can lose that, but I also recover. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. beautiful. It's beautiful. And I wish that for every person on earth is to yes. keep hold of that, even the tiniest flicker mm. of the light. Keep coming back to that mm. and stay in the game. Don't exit the game. Because if you stay in the game long enough, something will shift. Something will move through you or help you process something and you'll reach another level. And it's when there's the hardest moment is when you reach the threshold. Yes. Exactly. Right before the dawn, it's, it's the darkest. Oh, yes. And so it's where, like, it's the um, analogy of the carbon, the, the char... How do you say that? Carbon? The, the charcoal? Charcoal. Thank you. The charcoal. So the charcoal, what the difference between a charcoal and the diamond, the diamond is a charcoal that could handle pressure at a so high level that eventually, eventually transcend that and transform, reorganize, reorganize itself into the next version, which is the diamond. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's exactly the same with you. If you can handle this darkness, this pressure, this despair, you going to transcend the threshold and you going to the next level. And then the next monster is bigger. Mm. <laughs> the game. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's... The next monster is bigger, guys. <laughs> yeah, but you prepared. <laughs> Always. You don't, you don't know that? You... I absolutely agree, but <laughs> I'm just imagining someone listening to this. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so I've gone through this journey. And the next monster is bigger. Yes. That's the reward. That's, that's the game. I love it. <laughs> Welcome to life. <laughs> but yeah, that's why, <laughs> that's why people in general stay in their comfort zone. The mind helps us to stay in the comfort zone. This is the way the mind operates, right? It just wants to... Um, um, uh, Protect you. Protect, thank you, exactly. It want to protect us and so to prevent us to danger and all that. So keep you. it keeps you small. It keeps you in the same place over and over again. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I have a question about languages. Mm. You speak four languages. Yes. English, Portuguese, Spanish, and French. Mm. And I speak French as well. And... I've noticed that when you know another language, it's like you have another operating system that you can look through because language defines the world in its own peculiar, unique ways. And I'm curious for you, which language do you like to look through the world at? Oh, so it's true that um, when you incorporate another language, you not only incorporate another culture but another way of thinking yes. so it's another universe yes so to understand really a culture you have to know the language because the word they use to describe the environment 
uh, is a clue for you to understand the ways I see the world. Um, so I use the languages for different things. So, for example, to pray, to connect to with God, is or Spanish or Portuguese. Ah, yes. Why? My, because it's uh, it's easier for me. I think it's a perfect language for that. I, I just connect very much with that. French is not definitely because we are. <laughs> I'm French guy, so I can say things about our people. <laughs> but, but yeah, we are so uh, Cartesian. We believe in the material. We are like, okay, I believe it if I see it mm -hmm. kind mm -hmm. of guys. So it's just not divine in the relationship. Even in religion, is my, my really spiritual journey start when I was in South America. Because they really have another connection with the divine, the God, or whatever you can one call you call it universe, and so maybe because that is infused through the words. Yes. Uh, for me, this is, and maybe this is, yeah. Now I I think that this is a way I learn I learn to pray in Spanish and in Portuguese. I wasn't really praying in French. So I learned my relationship with the divine um, started really in those languages. That's maybe also my special relationship, you know. Do you like looking at the world through French in any yeah. ways? Yes. Yes. I, um, I, I like, so now I'm very immersed in English and that's my challenge. I want to improve my English and be more uh, fluid, comfortable and to express myself with more words, amplify my vocabulary. So it's a funny game for me, you know, to just see the world through English. Uh, but yeah, French has such a refined way to see things. I love poetry in French. Very elegant language. Yeah, and, and also there's words for almost everything. Uh -huh. Not everything, but not, not everything, but... Uh, all the, the things related with art, beauty, with, you know, there's words for it. There's a there's concept around it. So, and also, well, French is my native language. So I have um, much more uh, words to express myself. So, um, yeah, I, I but I, I write when I journal, wow, you can you can see my journal because it's in four languages. Wow. Have, yeah. You switch between them. Yes. Sometimes the word is easier. So sometimes I start to think in Portuguese and then because I leave the situation in English, I swap I switch in English and then well, this is completely sometimes I th I think like well, I don't know if somebody is going to write my memories or something, but it's gonna he has to be... They better know four languages. Yeah, or <laughs> ChatGPT would help or something. But, you know... Uh, <laughs> it would be hilarious if you did a podcast in four languages with another host who spoke Portuguese oh. and Spanish well, and French. I, I have a very dear friend of mine. She speaks uh, Spanish, French. What, what else we speak? Uh, well, English. So sometimes our conversations can switch easily to one to another because there's things that 
more easy to express. Little slangs and phrases that yeah, are... Yeah, so concept, like to talk about emotions. Mm. Wow, Spanish is beautiful. It's easier. Like, you know, we don't have in French to give a hug. Really? No. I hug people. Embrasser? It's a all. It's a complex. Yeah, it's uh-huh. not exactly that. We don't we don't have that concept. Which are yeah, we we have we use another set of words, but the concept. It's so not a huggy culture. It's not. <laughs> I learn how to hug in South America. Yeah, properly, like hug, hug, like you stay with the connect heart to heart. Heart to heart. Yeah, mm. and you just hug it. Oh, <laughs> that's beautiful. And in terms of the differences between Portuguese and Spanish. What are some curiosities you see between how the two languages differ in perspectives or in the vibe? Oh, that's a great question. Well, the Spanish maybe is more uh, energetic. It's like, pa, 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 it's fireworks. <laughs> fireworks, I love it. So, for example, <laughs> f- funny, funny story. Uh, when I swear, which is really rare, but that can happen in the traffic, for example, if someone frightened me, really, like came from nowhere, or I, I swear in Spanish, in Argentinian Spanish, <laughs> that comes like they have the best creativity with <laughs> with uh, slang. Um, but and Portuguese is very enveloped evolving and very warming very uh sensual language like uh, it's all about yeah sensuality i see like very ooh. Mm. yes I, I fell first in love with portuguese language when i was in argentina and i i had this boyfriend it was argentinian speaking portuguese and that was my first relation with the Portuguese from Brazil and wow the sound the sound was so extraordinary like that was soft and sweet and just um, singing that was beautiful and say I want to learn now to speak like this yeah it's a very sensual culture oh yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) yes do you ever wish to go back to South America or is it a place that you feel complete for now? Uh, I hope I can go back to visit my friends soon, whether in Argentina or in Brazil. To leave right now, I know I have to be here. I don't know why, but I know I have to be here. So for a while, I yeah, I won't be there. And also, it's also a break I need because it's a lot of violence there. And so... My nervous system was always in alert. I, I think see, I everyone see. is in alert all the time. And so after a lot of years in alert all the time, it's very tiring. Yes. So I think now it's very beautiful. I'm here in Bali, which is a very safe place. Ooh, and I can relax and just not be in alert and feeling in danger every time, just, you know, so I can relax more. And that, I think, also allowed me to go to my next level of self-love and acceptance because I could open. I could open myself without fear, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. 
What is your deepest intention for 2024? My deepest intention for this year, uh, so I have a few. I I said like, um, I'm challenging myself this year or something. <laughs> Everything that will trigger the shame in me, mm. I will go for it. Oh, talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. So shame is a big trigger for me and in general for a lot of women too. I don't know for men specifically, but as I work more for, with women, I know this is something like, oh, I don't do that because I feel shame. And the, the way we were um, educated in the society, we, are, we have a lot of shame weight on us. So I don't do that because I don't want to show up this way or because people will think that and that. So anything that will... Uh, so I have that, I know. I overcome a lot, but still sometimes... I feel, Ooh. <laughs> uh, and so I don't want to be limited by anything anymore and moreover shame. So anyway, every time I will be present to what's happening inside of me, like, oh, I'm afraid, or because that, that will uh, awake shame, and I know how to recognize this feeling. So this is where I will go. For, for example, this is not the case, but you invite me to record this podcast. Okay, I feel, oh no, maybe I say no because... I I have I don't want people to see me in clearly in the podcast whatever I'm ashamed. Mm. So I know what I need to do is to go and do this podcast. I see. Yes. Face the fear. Yeah, transcend it and just because I don't want to be so this is my next level of leadership with myself. Yes. I don't want to be limited by this shame because this is the mind operating in you, controlling you as a puppet. And I don't want that. You remind me of my friend Steve. He would say, if I'm afraid of something, I need to go do it because I'm not going to let fear boss me around. And it's the same sort of like, if I feel shame, okay, there's something important there for me. Yes, I got to go explore it. I got to go do it. I got to transcend it. Such a great word. And there's there's something in me, uh, there's something in it that I can that can help me to grow. Yes, you know something like that. And the fear is the same. There's of course the fear that protects you, and you you have to listen to it. <laughs> Different fear, of course. But the fear that limitates you, uh, yes, yeah, there's something in it for you. Yes, and it's the invitation. Oh yes, I love it. It's the invitation. The universe is saying. If you're ready for a little adventure, mm. come this way. Yeah. And then we have the free will to decline or accept. And that will show up again. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. The invitations will keep coming. <laughs> Other. Yes. Yeah. Other and bigger. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's an invitation. I mean, this is nice what you said. And maybe everything, if you keep receiving the world around us, like imitations you can you have the free will to decide to accept not accept to try not try 
to see, explore, is that good for me? Oh, maybe not, but I will know after, right? So, yeah, I like, I like this vision. Mm. Cecile, it's been such a beautiful, beautiful conversation. What is one last thing you'd love to leave the listener with on how they can lead a more epic, aligned life mm. from a place of leadership? Uh, first, be passionate. Fall in love with yourself, fall in love with your life, and fall in love with your future. So be passionate about, about all that. It's the zest, right? Oh, yeah. And I feel that in you. Every time you come to a meeting or a gathering, you bring the zest, the energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the passion, the, you know, the, the, yeah, the zest, the essence of what life is. Mm. It's not always easy in your daily basis to be always passionate, always up in the vibration. This is, I mean, I think you can be up if you explore the dan also. But if you bring, like, your passion, if you nourish it, if you don't have it right now, nourish it. Like, find things that you love doing or being it. Just um, surround yourself with things that you that inspires you. Um, nature inspires me a lot. It's it's beautiful. Surround with you yourself with people that inspires you, and find that passion, that that zest, as you said, that thing that uh, will keep the vibrance in you alive. Beautiful. And when you do that, like keep doing it, <laughs> just keep doing it. And after you have that vibrance, you have that inner fire light up, just create systems. So I will go in my masculine, create systems to allow yourself to be true to yourself in the daily basis, like create a routine. Uh, be clear on your values and um, nourish a, a constant awareness on your choices and decisions. So when you decide something, decision is decision. So you're cutting something off. You're choosing something and that means you're not choosing the rest. So when you so become more aware about you, what you should choosing, and choose things for you, not because other people will be happy or that we make people happy or not or whatever. The rest, uh, just if you happy with your decision, I'm sure others will be too. Uh, of course, as a leader, so I will add something. As a leader, the leader always make the decision for your highest good of, mm. uh, and the highest number of people. If you talk about involving other decision involving other people, Invo- a decision only involving yourself. Just yeah, stay true to yourself. Tune in your body and just feel it and. And and keep trying, keep going. Keep going. Yeah. Choose yourself and keep going. Choose yourself every time you can, like yeah, mm. with love. 
Mm, beautiful. Cecile, where can people find you if they want to vibe with you? Oh, come and vibe with me. I will love that. <laughs> uh, you can find me in Instagram, in LinkedIn, uh, also in Facebook. I'm not that much in Facebook, but I will check there. And uh, yeah, please, if any thought, anything you want to comment or exchange, I'm super open uh, and willing to connect. So show up. I will be there. Beautiful. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, James. I'm delighted that I can't believe that that's over. <laughs> that was such a very pleasant conversation. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, so if you're still listening and you've made it this far, I want to thank you personally. You are one of the OGs, the true fans of the podcast. Not many people listen to the end. So if you've actually made it this far, I don't take that for granted. I appreciate you so much. And I invite you to reach out to me personally. I'd love to hear what episodes you most enjoyed, what type of topics and what type of guests you'd love to see in the future. Feel free to message me on Instagram or you can email me if you sign up to my newsletter and just hit reply to the welcome email. I'll be sure to read it. Now, if you have a moment to rate the podcast on Apple or Spotify, that would help me out so much. I super appreciate that. And if you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast on YouTube, please do me a favor and go to youtube.com slash at James Zander Trip. I'm trying to get to 1000 subscribers. So every subscriber counts. One last thing. I have another podcast where I do solo episodes, mostly about psychedelics, but I also share life lessons and all sorts of insights. So if you search for The Microdose, you can find my second podcast on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And finally, I just launched a mindset course called Unlock God Mode. So in the next audio, you'll hear more details about my course. If you're not interested, feel free to skip to the next episode. Again, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. It means the world to me. Feel free to share this episode with a friend that you think might enjoy it. And I'll see you next week. If you enjoyed this episode, you might enjoy my brand new audio course, Unlock God Mode. Unlock God Mode is a four-week experience where every day you'll get a 15-minute audio lesson that gives you frameworks, tools, and perspectives to upgrade your relationship with life. In the same way that mushrooms give you insights that help you up-level in the video game of life, I designed this course to do the same thing for you. I've compiled every lesson that I learned through psychedelics, through meditation, through my spiritual work, through life. I've put my best tools in this course so that no matter who you are, if you choose to go on this adventure with me, you're going to learn some amazing frameworks. You're going to learn to see life with new eyes. You will improve your relationship with life. And by extension, your life will improve. If you're interested in more details, go to jameszander.com slash godmode or use the link in the show notes. Use the promo code shrooms for a special discount. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I deeply appreciate you. Feel free to reach out to me through my newsletter. Go to jameszander.com to sign up. I'd love to connect. This episode is sponsored by magicmush.ca. If you're looking for an online dispensary for magic mushrooms, mushroom chocolate, and other high-quality psychedelic products, head over to magicmush.ca and use the promo code JAMES to get 25% off. Thank you for listening and have a beautiful trip.